Welcome to the Badass CEO Podcast. This is Mimi McLean. I'm a mom of five, entrepreneur, Columbia Business School grad, CPA, and angel investor. And I'm here to share with you my passion for entrepreneurship. Throughout my career, I have met many incredible people who have started businesses, disrupted industries, persevered, and turned opportunity into success. Each episode, we will discuss what it takes to become and continue to be a badass CEO, directly from the entrepreneurs who have made it happen. If you're new in your career, dreaming about starting your own business, or already an entrepreneur, the Badass CEO Podcast is for you. I want to give you the drive and tools needed to succeed in following your dreams. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Badass CEO Podcast. And this is Mimi. And today we have Tara Dobert of Makeup Therapy in Los Angeles. Makeup Therapy is one of the most sought-after beauty collectives in Southern California. Tara created a luxury on-location business that boasts an award-winning team of 18 of the most sought-after makeup artists and hairstylists in the beauty industry. Tara and her team's work have been flaunted down countless red carpets viewed on numerous TV shows have graced the pages of dozens of magazines and featured in multiple beauty and fashion blogs. Although the company is based in Los Angeles, all her bookings are on location, and Tara and the team continue to work all over the globe. They are preferred vendor for some of the most sought-after venues and luxury properties in California. Tara, thank you for joining me today. So Tara, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk about makeup therapy. It sounds like you had a passion in makeup and fashion since you've been a little girl. So obviously you were going to go into that as your livelihood, but what made you decide to be an entrepreneur and start your own company? I think, to be honest, it probably started around like the age of six years old because my sister and I would play clothing store, like <laughs> truly play clothing store. And she would come in and she would shop my closet She's older than me and I, you know, I would show her clothes and we would switch and then she would be the store owner. So I think I always just loved the idea of like having my own thing and always knew it would definitely be beauty fashion industry. Just, I didn't know in the exact story it was going to be. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. Right. So what do you think the most like important characteristics at this point, like to be an entrepreneur or to be a CEO? I think patience is probably number one. You have to be really patient. Because to really build a great business, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, so patience is huge. And tenacity. So even when things may not go your way, which will definitely happen, no matter how long you've had your business, it just happens. And that's just how, it's just like life, how that works. But being tenacious and sticking to it. In a perfect world, the business that you start is something that you're passionate about and excited about. For me, starting mm-hmm. my business, like, fashion beauty, it was more of a hobby, especially doing makeup. That was a hobby. I didn't really know you could have a well-respected career in being an actual makeup artist and then actually having a company where, you know, you can offer a team. I mean, this was all kind of just in my heart. I knew I could do it, but I didn't know how to be received. So being tenacious and people would say to me all the time, I'm like, you're such a cute little makeup artist. I'm like, no, 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 I'm a business. <laughs> like correcting them. And, and like I said, and sticking with it, I would say, and you know, not afraid to take chances. You have to take a lot of chances. You have to be willing to fail take that, learn from it and pick yourself up and figure it out. I think those are... That's awesome. That's awesome. How long were you doing being a makeup artist before you switched? 
So I, I've been a makeup artist over 20 years, been about 23 years. I've been a makeup artist and my company this March turned 12 years old. So the entire time I was working with brands and I worked with Bobby Brown and Shuamora for a total of about 10 and a half years, but the whole time I freelanced on my own because I, the opportunities that would come in, whether it was for an award show, because I did a lot of great fashion shows and a lot of really cool things with the brands, but somebody would ask me to do, say, a cool photo shoot or a wedding, and I wanted to do it. So that, I guess, started me freelancing on my own was a little bit of, you know, obviously it is being an entrepreneur. And then I got to the point, I think, where I just didn't want to turn down amazing opportunities to flex my creative muscles any longer. And I also recognized that I'm one person, so I can only do so much on my own. So when I started my company, I brought on me and two makeup artists that I worked with for years so that I trusted and, you know, anyone bring on the team, making sure the best representation of your brand and what you want to put out there, best extension of you. Right. Right. And so my first year, just me and two artists, my second year, I added two hairstylists because I realized that was a piece of the puzzle that really needed to happen. It's just always figuring out how to meet the needs of your clients that are those right. moments where you're like, of course it is like that almost common sense. I feel like we're the most successful. We just don't right. realize. Right. Now that makes sense. But like, as you kept growing, how did you make sure that your brand or your look, like do you train your new employees or how did you make sure they didn't kind of do something different than what you wanted to see so, in your brand? So, you know, as, as artists, as hairstylists, I don't ever want to take away from someone's creativity. So I feel like when a brand, if it's too cookie cutter, you're not really empowering your people. So right. you give them guidance, but I, I'm an observer. So over the multiple years that I've been doing makeup with the brands, I would be on bookings and I would notice really amazing people, make little notes, make little notes. And so as I wanted to grow my brand, I would ask, like, so I had my tried and true, right? The first makeup artist, first two hairstylists, and then a few people on my own that I knew I'd want to reach out to. And then I would ask them, do they knowing how we are, knowing our clientele, knowing our aesthetic and our personalities, do they know someone who's great? And then I would meet with them and talk to them and really versus me just jumping in and telling them everything, I would really just listen about what they were about and their style and their aesthetic and their, the way they work and timing and all that. And, and when I listened so that I didn't have to tell them really what I was looking for, they were telling me not knowing, not being schooled ahead of time. And so, and personality, because what we do is so intimate and personalized that it was like, that was a huge part. So I'm, I'm always about meeting people in person. This is what was going on right now is a little different. <laughs> Right, right. That. No, that's super smart. Yeah, that's really interesting. Is there anything that you wish you knew before you started your business? Has any been surprises? <laughs> there have been so many. There have been so many. I mean, they say it's not worthwhile if it's not a struggle. That's what I've been told. I, I wish I would have had a mentor. I wish I would have had someone. And I know it's never too late. I mean, I'm 12 years in and I still feel like it would be nice sometimes to have a mentor because I've been kind of winging it since day one. So I, I love when people reach out to me to ask me for help. I love to give advice and help because, you know, maybe they could avoid some of the mistakes that I've made or the choices I've made, but then also they do need to make some of those choi bad choices or, and mistakes. Mm -hmm. That's how you learn from it. It's empowering and it just makes you stronger in your boots to really be an expert in what you know. So I think maybe just one of the things I guess I do wish is that I just had a little bit of help. I wish I reached mm -hmm. out because for some reason I was like, nope, I got to do this myself. It's, it's a mm -hmm. tough love, you know? Mm -hmm. Has it been what you expected? Like, are you glad you did it and it's been what you expected as far as like running your own company? I wouldn't trade it for the world. I'll tell you, I remember 
first couple of weeks, once I left the brands and I was on my own, I remember it was a Monday. I had to pick up my dry cleaning because whenever I work, I wear a lot of black, maybe wearing black right now, but you know, you have to dry clean black unless it, you know, because otherwise it fades easily. And I remember I was pulling into my dry cleaners. It was on a Monday. It was like 11 AM. And I sat in my car and I sobbed. I sobbed because I was like, who am I to have the luxury of picking up dry cleaning at 11 AM on a Monday? But then when I realized it's like, okay, but then I had to check myself and say, no, I'm that hardworking individual who is pounding the pavement 24 seven. Like what we do is a luxury, but to have your own company, I don't care what kind of company it is, you've never worked harder in your life. Exactly. And so I had to like get rid of that guilt that it was 11 a.m. picking up my dry cleaning on a Monday when I should have been at work. I'm like, okay, but then I'm working 12 hours in that day for my, my business and I'm networking. I would go to like maybe three or four networking events every single week for almost two years where my accountant was like, stop spending money. You need to earn money. <laughs> That's so true. That's true. But it's always that to say everything takes twice as long and twice as much money building a business. Like people go in and they're like, oh, is that? I'm like, nope, it's going to be twice as much money, twice as much time. Right? That's like kind of my go, my go to. Yeah. So you, as you were saying, like there's always tough days, right? So what do you do on those tough days? Like, is there something you listen to? Is there a book you turn to? Is there a person you call? Is there a podcast? Like what, what gets you out of like kind of drops on your boots again and get out the door? Number one, I would actually say I'm really grateful. I learned really good coping skills as a, as a kid. I had enough trials and tribulations young that really genuinely taught me. And if I get in those moments, like I sit with myself and get perspective, I think about the bigger picture. So it's not, I mean, I definitely have those moments, but I do, I force myself to get perspective. Music for me is one of the best outlets ever. And I don't necessarily have a specific kind of music. It just depends like I'll literally go through like Pandora and I'll be like, yes, this is it. And I'll put it loud. <laughs> and I listen to it loud. And it just, it brings me like a joy or like a peace or whatever that mood is that I need to take me out of it. And I also go for a lot of runs and walks okay. and yeah. whether, you know, whether it is a podcast or whether it is music or honestly, whether it's just talking to a girlfriend who, especially it's helpful when to have other like entrepreneurs in your life, other female mm-hmm. bosses, girl bosses because that support is priceless. Even if they're not in the same business, it's just, we know what we're going through. Have a business is to have a business. So talk that same language and, you know, get, again, help with perspective and stuff like that. That's totally true. That's really true. So, I mean, as you were saying before, running your own company is definitely totally time consuming. So how do you manage your work-life balance? Like, do you set yourself like, okay, I'm only going to work from eight to seven and only on the weeks, or do you kind of just is there any rhyme or reason to your day? That's a really good question. It's a really, really good question. So the first years, because you're starting out, you're like, I'll do whatever, whenever. I'm a new business. I got to get myself out there. And then I realized it was like a Friday night at like 10 o'clock at night. And I got this email from a client asking me about like matchings of lipsticks and lip liners. And I was at a friend, my best friend's birthday party. And I couldn't answer the emails. Friday night, we were out at a restaurant. And I got a scathing email from the client the next morning. How, how could you not get back to me? La, 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 la. And I honestly, you know, I'm not a big crier at all. I kind of cried and I, and I felt like kind of gutted because I, I care so much and I don't like to let our clients down. And then I got perspective and thought, wait a second, it's Friday night at 10 PM. Yeah. So I can't be expected to, but then I had this whole conversation with a friend of mine and he had said to me, but you, you have returned late emails in the past. 
So if you don't set boundaries, you're going to keep getting those emails. So I picked up the phone instead of emailing. I called a client. I explained to her, I said, you know, I was at a friend's birthday. I said, I'm really sorry. I said, of course, if it was an emergency, I would have gotten right back to you. And she's like, but I, I basically gave her perspective and she totally shifted. She apologized. She was horrified with herself that she reacted that way. And it was really helpful because that taught me again, like me doing that, not having boundaries. I learned from my mistakes. And so I absolutely have learned and I'm always learning, right? I mean, that's just how it is to be human. We should always be learning and, and getting inspired and having those aha moments. And that was a big one for me and saying, okay, so then I going forward, whenever I would speak to a client for the first time, I would let them know we were, because I also have a studio manager who helps me run things operationally, but this was an email from me about the lipsticks, you know, basically saying like 8 a.m. until about 6.37, you got me. You got me. And if you don't, and, and I have a studio manager, she helps me again, because operationally I'm, I'm a working makeup artist as well as running a business. So I'm not just sitting on my computer or my phone, hanging out, waiting for, you know, things I'm out there with the clients taking care of them. And I'm never on my phone with, when I'm with a client. So right. just learning those boundaries and, and telling the clients. And when you tell them, they're like, Oh, okay. Thanks for letting me know. That was a huge thing for me. And I just, I have, someone in my life that helps ground me and be like, all right, see, I'm a bit of a workaholic because I love what I do. Mm -hmm. and I'll be like, mm -hmm. okay, you know, and so it's really wonderful to be like, come back <laughs> and keep the boundaries. So it's, it's right. really, I thought boundary was a bad word, but it's actually a great word and positive, yeah. positive word. That's great. The boundary's great. And I love the fact that you love what you do. And that's because, so it's not being a workaholic, right? Like when you do something that you love what you do, but you also have to do it in a limited amount of time. Otherwise it's, it's yeah. becomes unhealthy. Right. Mm -hmm. So oh, is there anything that you, any other productivity hacks like that you could offer up? Like anything that you do during the day, you're like, okay, I use this app. Like I just started using Asana, which is like an app for like my to-do list that I do with my assistant. So like, is there anything else that you, like anything you do that like makes your day faster, streamlined that you found some good tools? So I'm not the most tech savvy I'm really not tech savvy at all, let's be honest. But you try to surround yourself with people who maybe are stronger in things that you're weaker at. So it helps, you know, collaboratively to be able to really do a great job. I will say the way I do my day, I actually try and do blocks. So that really helps the day stay on course. Three things I would say. One is I, I do that. So I block out my time. I'll say from this time to this time, I'm doing emails from this time to this time. I'm doing this from this time, even putting in like a walk for myself. I'll be like from this time, to this time. So that way, if I actually schedule it, it gets done because mm -hmm. having that balance. And another thing using Planoly for mm -hmm. when you're doing Instagram posts, that helps yep. quite a bit because that way you don't feel like you're rushing to get a post done. You have it once a week or once a month. How often do you do those Planoly? It just varies, to be honest with you. It depends mm -hmm. on like what kind of month it is for me. I mean, in a perfect world, it'd be great to do a month in advance. That doesn't really happen. So maybe it's like bi-weekly. Sometimes it's once, once a week. It just depends on how, how it goes, especially like, because typically I mean, I have a, it's me and a team of 18 makeup artists and hairstyles and a studio manager. And so typically, especially during this time of your wedding season, the time is not mine, right? So you, usually, I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm lucky to sneak in, but if I put it in my calendar, that block of time, then it gets mm -hmm. done. And then so maybe I'm doing it, you know, putting it in like once a week, a week ahead so that I can make sure that I'm being as proactive as I can be. Right. That's good. Yeah. So you have, I was on your website and you have amazing press coverage that you've received. Any advice to how to get that for people who are starting out that are looking for press coverage like you have? Press didn't happen when I started out though. Okay. So press, when you're starting out, 
if you align yourself with like a great PR company, that helps. Um, or if you know people in that industry. For me, to be really honest, I started ground up. It was just getting recognized. Our work getting recognized. We've done a lot of stuff for the bridal industry. We've done numerous magazine covers. That really came from someone seeing our work or meeting someone at an, like an event. I think networking is the best way to go. So if you can be not obnoxious and not in people's faces and don't hound people because we all have our, you know, our, no, nobody likes that. But if you're at an event and you, you know, you meet someone, but I'm all about the organic relationships because I feel like mm-hmm. when you push too hard, I don't know. It's just not my personality. I like things to be more organic. And so I could even have more press, to be honest with you. I just, it's not something I've ever really gone after. It's just kind of meeting people and then recognizing our work, liking us, and then asking us to be a part of a shoot or getting product, you know, information, recommendations, things like that. So, yeah, that's good. That's good advice. Okay. So when I invest in companies, I look at two things. I look at the CEO, like the management, which is covered because you are just like, I want to make sure they have grit and they're going to like not give up. And then the second thing I look for is like their channel, like their customer distribution or how they get clients. So I think you get the best idea. And if you don't have those two things covered, your, your, your idea is not going to take off. So any recommendations you say, like, is it the networking? Like, how did you get your clients? Clients, again, because of what we do is a luxury We're not, and we're service, not a product. I am such a huge, huge, huge believer on, you know, personal communication and relationships. And that is truly the word of mouth for our business. Like when I, when I started out again, you have to do certain things just to try them out, see if they work. So I did like a bridal show, right? Where you set up a table and you're there and it was a luxury high end and vendors that are, you, you hear about in the press, but from, I realized for makeup and hair they're not hiring us there. Like that's not where they're going to find us. But I had to do it in order to find out. I've done like ad space before because you, you figure, got to try it. You don't know. Never did anything for us. Never did anything for us. And so really it's, it's, our, it's our past clients. It's how we really get our business, our past clients, and, and then just networking. Networking, mm-hmm. I can't tell you enough. That made all the difference because the relationships, I'm not even kidding you. So I started my company March was 12 years. I started my company. So many of the relationships of the people that I met 12 years ago, still in my life, still working with them. Not even kidding you. So that's powerful, Mm -hmm. but you have to be that person. You have to be. And again, my first networking event, I'll actually say this. I remember I came home with like 50 or more business cards and I looked at these cards and I thought, I don't even know who these people are. And you have that name tag. And that's just, for me, that's just, it, it's so, I'm about getting yourself outside your comfort zone, but that was just awkward. Hello, so-and-so and very forced. And I, I didn't go to another event for six months because I thought they're a waste of time. My, this is a true story. And then I had a planner say to me, you know, Tara, you are a new business. And if you don't get yourself out there, there's a lot of makeup artists in LA. Like people aren't going to know you. And right. so I had my big girl pants back on. And yeah. tell myself, I'm not going to leave there, this event with more than five cards. I'm not. And so what I realized was I wanted to get to know people. That's who I am to my core. I'm not a five minutes, five minutes. And some people might tell me I'm totally wrong. And in different strokes for different folks, things work differently for different people. But for me, when I would meet someone and I felt like it kind of, it clicked that I genuinely wanted to know more. And I realized it's not about them. Oh my God, how are you going to help me? How are you going to help my business? It was like, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your company. And how could I even help mm-hmm. you? 
And that felt so much better because that felt real because that's the person I am. I, I love helping others. So that felt organic and amazing. And like I said, so many of those relationships I'm still friends with and work with 12 years later. So that's it's powerful. Great. I, I agree with you. It's always about giving and providing value to somebody before you're expecting kind of something back. Now, how do you like just when you get those cards, like where are you keeping them in your contacts? Like how do you organize them? It's different now because cards aren't being handed out as much anymore. <laughs> so back yeah. in the day, it was card central and like we would put it in our computer. We would just have like, I mean, we weren't super tech savvy, but we would like put the person's name and their email address and their phone number and their company name and had like an Excel spreadsheet now it's like, you know, you can go on your Instagram and you can like, I forget what, I don't know what the proper word is. So I'm sorry, but it's like you basically tag each other on Instagram and you can find each other and DMs on Instagram. So it's more like, oh, you just follow me on Instagram. And that's how it becomes like, instead of business right. card. Right. And you so, remember their names. Are you good to be like, okay, I remembered her name from like the network from two times ago. And I know I, I, before, like, I always forget to like, like remember sometimes where I like, friended on Instagram. I'm like, oh, what was her name again? So I screenshot lots of things. I, what I do is I make a lot of notes in my phone, a lot okay. of notes in my phone and certain key things that stand out to me, especially if something like I went to university of Arizona. So if they said they went to university of Arizona, then I'm like, Oh, that's super cool. Like need to have things in common just organically again like that. And I'll make a note like, Oh, like Marcy went to U of A and is from Maryland and da da da. And then it just, and then those few key things organically, I'm like, okay, I'll never forget Marcy because she went to U of A and she's from Maryland. I'm from Philly. Like, and it's just, again, the organic stuff. I just realized for me, quality over quantity, hands down, because that's what's maintained us for being in business over 12 years and will keep us, you know, even longer. Is the that's relationship, good advice. The, the relationships. It's all about the relationships. Right. That's really good advice. So is there any networking like events or organizations that you would recommend? Or are they specific just for your industry or specific just for hairstylist and makeup artist. So when I started out and the events I would go to, I used to go to so many different ones. I couldn't even tell you half the names because I was like, why would I say no? Why, why don't I just show up and see like what it feels? And if it's the right fit, great. Because it's also like our clientele, the people that we work with, it has to be the right fit, you know? So I, I went to so many different kinds being open. I would say where I started my first networking was an organization called Ladies Who Launch. Um, mm -hmm. I know that one. So I did that probably like 13 years ago and not to be funny. I'm, I'm assuming that they're like still in, around. I, I was active with them for quite a while, but then I just, I just stopped and I still, I made some amazing, one of my very best friends of life. who's a fashion stylist. I met her there. So it was amazing because I met like-minded women who, you know, were go-getters, tenacious, were the traits we were talking about earlier. And so I felt like that was a very good support system because what that really did for me was just showing me that like, we're all from different places. We all have different backgrounds and we're all entrepreneurs and just having that little, that support system. Cause they would do these things called incubators and they were small groups. I think it was like groups of 12 and we would be a couple times a month on like a Wednesday night and it held you accountable and it would give you work to do. And I felt like that was really wonderful. And so I was I was definitely a part of that for many, many years. And then more so for the networking that I do now, it's more with, because, you know, we have, I have a lot of private clients and stuff. So for business, there's 75% of what we do are weddings. The wedding industry, I go to like for a company, it's called WIPA. It's an organization for wedding mm -hmm. industry professionals and they're known all over the world. And 
I go to this conference called Engage. What I go once a year and they do it in different parts of the world. And again, it's with like the high-end wedding and event industry people. So it's just aligning yourself with people who make sense for your brand for each other. So it's win-win. Mm-hmm. That's great. Now, is there any last question? Is there any last minute like advice or last advice that you would give somebody who's starting out or thinking about starting, they're going off on their own that you would offer them? I mean, I definitely would say, because I remember when I started my business and friends used to always ask me to go for lunch and I'm like, I'm working. And they were like, what? Tell your boss to give you the lunch off. I'm like, "Mm, no, when you're working for yourself, you've never worked harder. I can't stress that enough. You've never worked harder, but best piece is that you're the one who benefits from it. Mm-hmm. And if you love what you do, and it, it, like, if it's something that's like a hobby, it really can be a career. It really can earn you money to have your living, and you can be really successful at it. If you're doing something just to do it, you're going to burn out. But if you're doing something you're passionate, something makes you excited to be a part of, and you're willing to do the work, it is so worth it, and just stick with it. Don't be afraid. You'll have people on the sidelines. Hopefully, they'll be cheering you on, but they'll be the people who don't get you and might discourage you but just believe in yourself and know it is so worth it. All the hard work, it is so worth it. It took me like two and a half years to be like, okay, this is good. (laughs) This is good. And aligning yourself with amazing people. That's all. Like just stay as positive as you can push through. It's worth it. This has been amazing. So much fun. I've totally enjoyed it. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me on the Badass CEO Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and see you next time. Thank you.